So why are we back after only partially covering Supergirl Season 3? Well, being in the Winona Earp fandom gave us hope. There's been talk of how the Supergirl fandom can be toxic, but we want to re-own the narrative. Supergirl fans are not toxic. The writing was toxic. And apparently, so was the workplace atmosphere under the direction of Andrew Kreisberg. Supergirl fans are great. They have withstood the bad writing and toxic tropes that do nothing to advocate for the underrepresented in society. Supergirl fans have hope despite the heteronormative narrative the writing tries to fit us into. Supergirl fans are super, and they are the change. When they feel Supergirl becoming unmoored, they take to Twitter and speak up about how Supergirl has moved from the narrative of, being, of Supergirl being the central character of her own show. I believe concern was heard and have hope that the writers have reset us on a new course, one that embodies the spirit of the hero. So let's get into it. Now it's now time, it's time for, for the Salty, salty Supergirl, Supergirl Review! Ew, ew, ew. Let me just recap us. A dare. What about dad? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. What a Jen. What about dad? Children, children, children. We are back, baby. Hey, welcome back. We are at Supergirl season four. We are actually covering it. Like Jen said uh, in our you know, cold open, it's amazing we're even back, guys. I, I was really not trying to live that life, but it, it looks a little, uh, it looks pretty interesting, you know? Yeah, I feel like, I feel we're, we're really rejuvenated fresh off of doing Winona Earp and just getting to meet that fandom and seeing how harmonious it was, it made me crave that for Supergirl. And I feel like we can be that. I Adair. feel like we could. We can you do know, that. You and me, I feel like we got this. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about some stuff that we were excited for, kind of intrigued about. I wouldn't say excited, but intrigued. Our, our interests were piqued, if you will. Um, we had a few things. So like a, consi- a consistent bad guy. I was really looking forward to this. We've talked about this before. Supergirl had a problem making everybody a bad guy, but nobody at the same time. <laughs> and we we're like, what the hell's going on? Can somebody please just be a bad guy so we can have a, a hero defeat evil? So there's that. Um, then, you know what I'm the most excited for? No Monel. I'll keep that pause there. Yeah, no more now. Uh, I didn't mind the Legion necessarily, but I'm glad they're gone. Um, I I didn't need all of that extra superhero-ness yet. Like, crossovers, cool. Give it to us all day. But just being, like, there, I was like, all right, can't y'all do something more important right now? I don't know. Um, I honestly think it was a problem of too many Yeah, too many cooks in the kitchen. You know, like, like... Exactly. Um, (laughs) No lames. And for those of you who don't know what lames or who lames is, it's the pairing of Lena and James equaling lames. Because that pairing (laughs) is lame. Uh, (laughs) Just throwing that out there. Um, But we also heard that they're going to go through a bit of a rough patch. And I'm I'm here for it. I mean, look, nothing against Makad, but it just... 
kids, it ain't working. I, I mean, I, and you, you cannot say, oh, it's because you guys, you know, you just want the lesbians together and blah, blah, blah. Yes, of course we want Super Corp together. Of course we want Agent Corp together. Of course we want Rain Corp together. Of course we want Lena with any female on the face. Wait, 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 no. Super Rain yeah, Agent Corp. Like, can we get that? Can we get that in there? You know what I'm saying? Um, but... The thing is, I didn't even mind her with her ex-boyfriend, so, like, it's not about, a, like, yeah. just not that dude. The, 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 the Elon Musk yeah, guy. Yeah, like, he was cool. <laughs> he was hot. I was here for it. Yeah. Um, we're here for more Supercorp, because there's always Supercorp, um, as as you do. And for me, the biggest slash kind of, uh, I'm excitedly not excited? I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel about it. Uh, Alex getting a new love interest. We will never really accept her because she's not Maggie, but because we're not getting Maggie, at least not yet, um, I think that moving on is a good, healthy sign of any relationship. So being able to love somebody else. I, yeah. I'm here for Alex Danvers yeah, as I'm, well. Yes, just Alex. I just love Kyler, and ultimately give her whatever storyline. At least as long, like as long as it's not shitty. Also, I know that her as an actress, she's not gonna want crappy writing, so she won't take crappy storylines so i'm here for it um that that makes me happy and you know lastly we we have a hope in this community of fans and that we'll start lifting each other up uh when faced with bad writing and underdeveloped nonsensical relationships such as lames uh we really hope (laughs) that you know we'll be able to have a clearer viewpoint and understanding on everybody's base. It's like, I get folks loved Monel. I mean, I don't get how, but I get that that's a thing. Um, I get that some people might like lames. I haven't heard those people yet, but I'm sure there's a reason for it. <laughs> there's a lames fan. There's some out there somewhere. There's a girl with like lames posters on the walls. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like hashtag lames all over the walls. The shirt. That happens. And we have, and respect, we do have respect for that, for that. to live in the fandom. It can live in the fandom. That might not live on the cast. Like, this is our podcast. It's our bias. You know, you're here with us. These are our opinions. But we give space to yeah. that. To love to love uh, whichever uh, ships uh, you have decided to pack your bags on. Uh, <laughs> all right. Yeah. So let's jump into this pilot. Jen, Kara. It's not a pilot. It's it feels like four. a pilot because we are trying to reboot the shit <laughs> out of... <laughs> this show okay so after season one yeah. it was like a pilot season uh two that showed up wasn't a preview it was a pilot because we were taking it from a different channel and now that we've gotten from the depths of heteronormative bullshit land Wayne on her uh <laughs> and all this other stuff it's a pilot because this is a new supergirl hopefully this is yeah yeah we are really hanging our hopes on this being the, uh, the, the voices of, of the audience and, and the writers matching up. We want to go on that date with you. We want to be in step with you. We've been asking Begging. For it. Nay, begging. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we should. So yeah. let's just start with the main character. Let's start with the woman of the hour, yeah. Cara Danvers. What do you girl herself. I feel like there's two things. I feel like we can't really. because I feel like because her identity lingers on the fact that everyone in the scope of her world knows she's Supergirl and Kara except for Lena. I feel like we are now dividing them both as characters into two different characters. Like, we have to judge Kara differently from Supergirl and we have to judge Lena differently from Catco Lena. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Lena with as a Luther different from the Lena we see at Kako. So I think that this season, they basically kind of did the most, like, simple thing they could for Kara, which was turn her into a mentor for Nia Nell. And Nia Nell is eventually going to become a superhero called Dream Girl in the comics. And... I feel like it is not a hard brain wave pattern to go from the girl who grows up into being a woman to being the teacher. Yeah, oh. So I absolutely loved her, the notion of her being an actual mentor in the capacity that Cat Grant was well, yeah. to her, to this young Nia Actually, Nall you know, and I thought this was some great acting by uh, Melissa, where she's in the elevator, she's, she just like looks at her and goes, oh my god, you're me. <laughs> like, because as somebody in my 30s, if I either see, I am a teacher to 6th and 7th grade uh, and 8th grade girls, and sometimes I laugh because I will see an exact mirror of myself as a child, I'm like, oh my god, that child is me. And it's just so weird to be the mentor, because you still, easily, anybody in their 30s will probably still feel like a child in a lot of ways. It's like, I'm just not ready to grow up yet. But when you see a child who actually acts like you, you're like, oh, my God, that's crazy. So I really liked <laughs> seeing that and realizing, oh, my God. And then even the acknowledgement by James calling Kara cat. He's like, you pretty much are like the new cat grant. <laughs> like, you know, she's maybe a more positive cat grant. Not that cat wasn't positive, but like seemingly so, you know. And, and, and I also thought that laid the threads for Kara as a person a direction where mm -hmm. she can go because I feel like her most human growth as a career woman would eventually to become kind of the the head editor of Catco and I think that's a great goal for the character to have like her, a career goal that's not being Supergirl but any moving forward Cara Danvers is, a, is in a place at the beginning of the season I don't know how much time has gone from I'm last sure season either. to the season it, it feels like a while been, feels like it's been a it feels like it's been a month or two because Lena was in Metropolis for like a month or so. But I feel like it's been maybe, I'm going to say three months. I'm just, that's what my body's telling me. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> right. it, but it feels like Cara Danvers is for once in her life found balance and is on top of the world in her professional and her personal life and her identity as a hero. It seems like all cylinders are, are going for her. And it's really nice to see her injected with this renewed energy and hope, unlike the darker, angsty version we got of her in season three. I felt like one of the things that did feel out of place for me was James and Kara, like when they're walking in passing, and Kara, she goes to a presser where the president, Linda Carter, AKA President Marsden, is speaking and she asks a really intelligent question. And then later, James is, like, giving her pointers on asking her questions. And I was like, where was this conversation ever? <laughs> <laughs> you know, where has this professional banter between James being this CEO mentor of Kara? Like, we never got that from James, that they ever had these professional kind of, like, jargon where he ever gave her pointers or talked about her craft. So seeing that now was kind of, for me, it felt a little well, see, out of place. that's what I'm saying about but it being a pilot. It was sorely missing. That's what I'm saying, yeah. it, about it being a pilot because, <laughs> you know, to really be able to um, redo in a way, 
you know, and I actually, I like the banter, uh, the work banter. I wish we would have always had it, like you said. It would have been nice. Yeah, Because yeah. it was cool to see her, once again, we were clamoring for it. More Catco, more, like, we were like, well, what's the point of Catco? Cat's not there. James is there. Lena's running out. Like, what the hell? They're, like, Supergirl's too busy doing other stuff to be Kara. It, like, what's happening? But I like the fact that we see her, you know, even in the gray dress that she's wearing, shout out to the costuming because they mm-hmm. nail it pretty much all the time, um, having this Cat Grant kind of-esque outfit on, you know, and having this structure. Even her outfit looked more structured uh, for what she was. Hair was up. Normally when she's being very spunky and, uh, you know, mentory or, you know, young, she had her hair down. It was that glasses. Now her hair's up. She's more sophisticated. Um, you know, I, I really appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I I absolutely really like the direction Cara Danvers yeah. is going in. Uh, what? No, I was I, I was I, gonna I, I was gonna say fun. something. Uh, I was like, oh, hey, oh, oh go ahead, it. please go ahead. I, I don't need to <laughs> interrupt. What I was saying is like, I really like the fact because kind of moving on of this uh, dichotomy in this episode and this theme, um, especially what Cara's holding on to between fear and hope. Uh, we have a lot of that this episode, um, whether it be, you know, Kara having hope for, uh, Naya or, you know, a little bit of fear of having to dive back into the world, like the seediness of the world with John and realizing that everything's not roses and butterflies. Um, I thought that was really cool, you know, um, to have these kind of, even film wise, you know, not Naya, it's all light and colorful and bright and vibrant and with john we're in the dark kind of bar it's a little dingy it's you know it's upsetting uh it's more surreal it's that pit of your stomach kind of feeling you know and uh, i i like that i like that uh duality yeah i think that uh naya she has this goal to become this she has this real like point of view she wants to talk about about fashion and community and I like that, the hope that Kara draws from that. And then that was juxtaposed with the scene with John making Kara aware of the anti-alien sentiment, which Kara blatantly just doesn't yeah. believe. And that, for us, was kind of alarming to see how blind Kara is to what the actual... How, she's almost putting on, like, horse blinders mm-hmm. in this episode, like, refusing... She's, so, she's found her balance, she's found her peace, and she just is, is not open to the notion that the world is still very much so an unsettled place. And here's where I feel like this uh, episode really did a good job of connecting the threads to back se- to season one, or season two, where in season two we do see a little bit of the anti-alien sentiment. We see the police officers rounding up aliens and putting them back on ships and sending them back up to space. And in this season, we pick up with that. And it's and, and, and if you think about it, minus season three, this has been rooted in the society and amongst people since season two. So it presents to me the question, how big is this anti-alien sentiment? And how long has it been boiling? And it has been brewing because we even saw at the alien bar the alien bar was blown up. That was an act of terrorism, yeah. isn't it? And that happened in season two. 
So I think they've been laying the gems down for this storyline. In fact, I wish like season three didn't happen. We just went straight into the storyline from season two because I think it picks it up. So I understand that, you know, it's going to be really awesome. This kind of setup that they've given us. And I think it's really important for us to kind of understand this journey that they're, they're um, putting or like this, um, you know, this dialogue that they're putting inside this episode. Kara, a seemingly human looking blonde haired white woman uh you know she gets to pass and i don't know if you guys know what that means but um it was very important back in the day um when there was a black person who was very light-skinned fair-skinned if you will um they would be called passers because they passed as white so they would not be treated the way that most dark-skinned people were treated um it's really interesting that they use that that language in this episode because then, you know, John, a seemingly black male, or he chose to be black because he figured that um, Martians were treated pretty much the same way on their planet as black people are treated on this one. And, you know, he understood that. And he's telling Kara, hey, you pass as an alien. You look human. So they like you. They trust you. They're okay with it because you look like one of them, you know, which is really interesting. And the fact that she doesn't understand this and it's part of that sentiment of like, hey, I'm a person of color, I'm a Martian, I'm an alien that doesn't look, that's non-passing. I'm telling you, there is a, uh, a hatred, an anti-alien, an anti-us movement happening in this country. But because she looks like them, she's gotten a lot of the privileges of being like the humans that she looks like. You know, and I love the fact that they're kind of turning her head to say, hey, you don't understand because you don't have horns and different color skin, and you're not green and you, you don't have fangs or whatever, it's easier for you and people aren't hating you, you know? You look like one of them saving the world kind of thing. So I think that's a really fascinating uh, journey that they're taking people on, slowly but surely. And they've been doing it, like you said, for like the two seasons, you know, within that um, anti-alien amnesty and, you know, shipping them back. And it really has to shine that light on our own kind of society, which I like, you know? We all trust Jean. We like Jean as a character. Uh, we trust him. And he's like, hey, listen to me. This is what's really going on. And then she doesn't, mainly because of hope and fear. But she has a fear. She says she has hope that the world's getting better. Oh, no, the world's getting better. It's, it's better. But at the end of the day, she finally says it's because she's afraid that the world is as crappy as she remembers it. <laughs> and is not as loving as she wants it to be. It's not as loving to her as... Um, she wants it to be. And frankly, I think that's a really cool lesson. And I, I mean, it, it sucks because it is reality. It's actually real life. There are good people who are like, well, it doesn't affect me. People are showering me with love. I'm getting what I want. I'm okay. But when their neighbors are saying, hey, but the world is against us. They don't like us. Instead of going, oh, but they're not hurting me. So it's fine. She, you know, much like Supergirl, I hope and I wish that people would kind of take that same idea of going, dang, I get it really well and I now see that I'm allowed to have a better time on this planet and I want you to have a better time. So let's work to make sure that you're safe just like I'm safe. I think, mm -hmm. I think that this season, I really feel like getting back to Catco with Kara and giving Kara an enemy that she can't just smash her fist into because the enemy is really just people interspersed with other people, it's ideology. 
and that's much harder to out root out of society than like a baseless enemy I yeah. think this is really giving the series the feet it needs to get back on track. I love this conflict. I love the line where she, like, almost heartbroken, Kara goes, I can't just fight this. They're not just aliens who are against other aliens. She goes, "This, like, that's a mom. You know, that's just like a, a regular person who is, like, asking for, you know, to harm other people because they're scared out of fear. Which I think is very interesting. Okay, next. Uh, uh, yeah, let's 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 get let's move into Miss Alex Danvers, AD. I feel like I've uh, been I've been thinking about Alex Danvers since season three went off the air, and we were in Winona Earp land, and I'm always reminiscing about Alex Danvers. So the most true. exciting thing about Alex Danvers is that she's got a new haircut, and it looks so good. Fierce, fierce girl, fierce. I it love it. A little less red this season. A little bit more pointy. Like little Dragon Ball Z-esque on the side of the face. Um, <laughs> she is now the leader of the DEO. And let me say, the leadership, she wears it well. Just, I do. I just like it. a tightly fitted black leather uniform. As does the leadership, she wears well. Um, yeah. Right, like she's, she's, see, I feel like, I really feel like, without me realizing it, that she has gone on such a lovely journey. She really has. And her being the leader of the DEO just... I didn't realize how big it would feel, but watching her in those scenes, and it's like, I'm like, oh shit, she needs to send back in. Back up in. Who's gonna go? Who's gonna go? And without she the Martian the <laughs> Manhunter there, backing up, or like Monel, or like mm -hmm. Win winning, this to me makes everything just so much more centered on her and what her choices are going to be and i'm i'm so good that glad that we stripped back the deo and that we are laying problems in this woman's lap and i'm so excited to see how she solves them yeah yeah, yeah i like the fact that she's just a human now just running this with other humans it's not like oh yeah she has supergirl but like that's a last you know last effort type sitch. I like the fact that Supergirl was like, hey, I'm sorry I had to bring you out of the cave for this mission. She goes, if I'm going to be on the field, it's going to be important, which is going to be great. That means that we are going to get when, um, when... Did you just call Brainiac when? No, no. I said <laughs> when Alex ends up being on the field, it's because it's going to be important. Like when we see her. So when we do see Kyler next... It's gonna be in the DL, and I can't wait to see more of that. Um, that uh, you know that work. But, but also, you said something about win, which I I liked. The win, I mean the uh, the Brainy and Alex dynamic. I'm okay with it, but they did not set it up. Did you want to talk about that a little bit? Uh, you know what? I felt like I entirely agree with you on this. That I felt like we were given a kind of like an old loop-de-loo like i understood the legitimate problem alex was having with brainiac a problem of having too much knowledge and not enough comprehension he wasn't mm -hmm. listening to her you know he's yep. a supreme being that doesn't really respect her and i felt like that in itself is a problem it's a huge problem it's gonna be wonderfully interesting to see him grow in this world and it's a good one for him and for her but the fact that it was in the end, uh, you know, uh, the the conflict between them was whittled down between, really, uh, it was led, they led us to believe that the conflict, the conflict was that 
Alex was missing Wynn. But I felt like, no, that really was just kind of putting a band-aid on a situation that wasn't accurate. I felt that Alex had real grievance with Brainiac. And you going ahead. I know you had some words about this as well. Well, I mean, I thought it was really interesting because with, you know, Brainiac isn't Wynn. And we like that. <laughs> We're okay with that. Yes. Um, because it makes sense for him to kind of pull out these resolutions and be a day ex machina all the time because we get it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's omniscient. He's from a different dimension. Cool, cool, cool. Um, I do like the fact that they mention, you know, she misses, um, she misses when, therefore she's been acting out at Brainiac. But that's not really the case. That's not what we're really getting, you no, know? No, not at all. We're getting more of like a, I don't know. I, I wish that, okay, I think it's because they haven't set up that Brainy and Alex would have a dynamic at all. So far, all the things that she's bothered with make sense to us. Like, yeah, that be annoying for any coworker. Um, the fact that he is like, oh, well, you're missing win. And that was like the thing. It's like, no, you're just being annoying. Like, yeah. you have to acclimate to this world and how we do stuff, how I do stuff. I'm your new leader. You know, and because she is human, there might be a bit of a, you know, well, you're not as smart as Wynn because nobody was as smart as Wynn for a human, apparently. Um, so there's kind of like that, not wanting to really follow her lead because she's not. I wish they would. I wish they would have done that. I wish they would have gone with it. Not that he's being annoying. He just doesn't see her as a superior. Right. Because she's just a human. And Wynn is already seen to be the smartest human so you know it changed their history and all this other stuff with his little doodles so he went to the future <laughs> he doodled on a napkin changed you know? history you know and so i'm like it would have been cool if brainy had a sense of like superiority complex like well i'm clearly smarter than you right so why am i i'm doing what's best for you and then it would have been great to have a moment where alex has to show him that just because she's human she is in charge and that she is the superior you know at that right. moment in that in that job yeah um, i think that would have been cool alex is not know. at all a member of legion she's not super and he's only deferred to legion and other supers i entirely agree that was the true conflict i hope they keep to i hope they keep building on it and yes the win was i think i think they just used it as a way to connect win because he's gone this season they wanted the audience to be like he's not win he's his own character we got it but I think they used the wrong conflict to arrive at it. Yeah. So yeah. I think it could have been a little bit more interesting. Um, so also, you had mentioned, what were you going yeah, to? I was going to talk a little bit about Alex and her path. So ah, in this yes. episode, we it's they made mention that Alex has started to date or she's tindering. Oh, my God. Could you imagine swiping right on Alex Danvers? Um, where she's yes. dating online. Yes, I could. <laughs> I would swipe right. I would super like. I would actually pay money. I would do the, the money account. The monthly yeah. account? Okay. Yes, and according to the pressers, there were they, they were auditioning somebody for with named Kelly for the part of her love interest. And this person is going to be a military personnel. And the question is, is the person being someone who is military, is that too close to being like Maggie Sawyer? Is that... Hitting too close to home 
should so should they have gone for like the the veterinarian or the librarian or the teacher? Kinda, you know, yeah. like somebody not of the world. I mean, I understand that it's probably you want to include the love interest in the day to day, so you kind of have to put them in that world. But it would have been nice if the person was from the pedestrian world of just like maybe Catco, right? Um, <laughs> but <laughs> exactly, like I don't know. Oh, that would have been funny. <laughs> Someone from Catco, or like. I would totally be down for, I mean, this is super tropey, but, like, how cute. Very much how they were setting up Sam and Alex before they decided not to go that route. I think that her saving somebody and kind of saving a beautiful woman, a damsel in distress in a way, mm-hmm. and having her kind of just meet eyes and go, ha, 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 and be weird. Like, she's such a badass saving this girl. And then the girl looks at her and she's like, like, oh, <laughs> Alex, you know, when she's all, yeah, when she's all goofy and stuff. And that's kind of how it happens. And maybe, you know, the girl's like, hey, save me. That would have been a cuter kind of thing. And having be a normal person, a human on a human who's not dealing with alien stuff would be kind of cool. Because then it builds up that tension of, oh, I have to tell my girlfriend eventually. She told Maggie, who figured it out because she's amazing. Mm -hmm. But I think it would have been nice to have just a normal girlfriend (laughs) you know and that would be kind of cool but yeah military seems a little too close Uh, you know you're going to be comparing the military personnel kelly miss kelly um, i think we're going to be comparing maggie Maggie for a long time yeah i I, you know it's going to take this character being with alex for the run of the show to make us forget about maggie sawyer well i think this should happen honestly guys honestly let me come in bring it in bring it in kids I'm, I'm, Turn up that volume. I'm, I'm close to my phone. I'm listening. What's happening? Tell us a tale. Yeah, no. I think that what would be great, and I honestly believe this, I'm okay with Kelly coming and being a love interest for Alex. I get it. She needs to. Sh- we need to show that no matter what relationship, our first loves are nece- aren't necessarily our last loves, and our first loves, if they go away, might not necessarily not ever come back. Sometimes you have to, in order to love something, you got to let it go. And I think that us as a fandom need to do the same thing. We love Maggie so much, but I think we need to let her go. And Alex is letting her go, but never forgetting. So, you know, I think what's going to be great, especially at the end of the series, possibly, what if Alex does date other people? She has to learn the skills of being with somebody who might want kids or whatever the situation is and different personalities. And we see her dating. She's never dated as a lesbian. She's dated as a a heterosexual woman. And now this is our chance to get positive representation as far as dating is concerned. I think that'll be really great. And who knows, by the end of the series, maybe Maggie does come back. Maybe Maggie does end up kind of in this reality of this particular earth and this you know, rendition ends up making her way full circle back. I know in my own life, couples who dated either broke up and then both got married or one got married and engaged or divorced or whatever, and then eventually one's divorced, one breaks off the engagement, and now they're married. You know, it's like sometimes you got to go full circle. So that's that's my story, kids. I think that's right, right. would be great. All of, all of Britain loved Cressa Bones and Harry, but that's only because they hadn't met Meghan Markle yet. Just saying, just saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, that's a random. I just like pulled that out of my like inquirer yeah. brain, <laughs> sun mm-hmm. brain, and just threw mm-hmm. it in the podcast. 
Um, I, I, I heard it. But yeah, yeah. You know, because they announced she was pregnant today. That's why I was like, oh, oh precious. Oh, precious. Oh, that's yeah. going to be a such yeah. a cute baby. He's so all excited. a little ginger snap. George is going to have oh. a cousin. All it's right, going to be um, a ginger snap, like dead ass serious. That's the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I'm so excited for that. Okay, I don't even know why, but I am. Uh, okay, so. Right? Uh, we- <laughs> Okay, I do think that Alex and Brainiac have really good chemistry. I thought Alex and Wynn had fun chemistry, but like whatever the hell Jeremy Jordan, this is my own this is my own speculation. This belongs nowhere else but in my mouth. I feel like Jeremy Jordan did or said something to piss somebody off because I noticed it last season, season 3, the one we shall not speak of or name. Uh this character went front I yes. <laughs> Which we will never speak of. Um, this character went from having a full-on plots and, and lines to being a background extra number 10. And then from there, his re- after having a reduced role, he was non-existent in the second half of the show. And then announced that he was not going to be on the first half of the show and be re- reoccurring this season. So I just feel like Wynn pissed some people off. I don't know who he did this to. I don't know what was said. But if you're generally an actor who's a main cast member and then suddenly have all your screen time ripped from your hands and from your face and from your script, um, <laughs> I just feel face. I just feel like I feel like he did someone wrong, said someone dirty, did something bad. I don't know what it was. I'm not starting a rumor. Maybe I am. But in my brain, that's the narrative. And so I feel like I was always back then such a huge win fan. I was really a win fan. But I also didn't quite like him after comic-con and i and once they i got win that i got a win that they were replacing win with brady i was like so there for it and you know what it doesn't take brain science the chemistry between brainy and alex is totally there the humor is there i like literally do not miss win at all i'm like i'm also plug this wondering... man in i enjoy him quite a bit i'm also wondering if they're gonna go with the comic book idea that when and supergirl date they they are an item so i wonder if oh, brainiac that's... and supergirl date when does not break oh not when but i'm sorry brainiac and supergirl See, you can't even tell them apart exactly um but that's the thing they are they do date in the comic books and that's also a reason why besides budget they turned him into a normal looking human <laughs> so that he could pass as a normal looking human um See, yeah, this, but I think once he acclimates, it might be a thing. But I don't know if they're gonna go that route. I I just feel like I feel like this season we're not gonna get a love interest for Kara because I hope not. the complaint was that she had one every season and the love interest like bloated the whole series. Um, but I do think that this is kind of Brainy's trial run on the show, the actor, to see mm-hmm. if he has chemistry. Because if he does have that chemistry with Kara, then yeah, we'll ship it. But let's be real, we have to see. So far, I like him as a little brother type to Alex. I like the humor. We're still talking about Alex. Um, I think that I look forward to- Yeah. They both have dry humor, and it works well off each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, they do. Yeah, you know, and, and one of the things about Brainy is I feel like in season two that when Monel was an alien and came to the planet, that they he acclimated to the world of Earth way too quickly. And was mm-hmm. too credible and easy for him to be human. I would love to see them really take apart what it means to be an alien immigrant on this planet for the first time. Not just out of your own time, but like out of 
you know, being subspecies in a new world and how he acclimates to being on Earth. I want them to slow that down so much because I think there's a lot there to, to look at. Anyway, yeah. so this was like Alex and Brady because like, I don't think he did much uh, yeah, outside. Yeah, they of, were very much... They were hand in yeah, hand. Hand yeah, hand in hand. Yeah, very yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, let's get to... I feel like I want to wanna... scream. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to get to lames real quick. Lames. And this is going to be a quick note because I don't feel like talking about them. Um, oh, my God. Lynn and James. Um, lames. Okay. So their makeout scene. Felt force. Mm-hmm. It just feels like you're going, ha, 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 fuck you, Super Corp. Fuck you. This is what we are, this is what we're getting. Ha, ha, ha. Normative. Yeah. yeah, and it, it, like we said. We were cool with Lena and her ex-boyfriend who had the whole nanobites thing. They had chemistry. They had a sexiness. They had a caring that we were like, oh, okay, cool. Shit. They were hot. Do it. They were hot, yeah. you know? We don't mind Kara with a guy who seems caring and normal and loving. Like, we're cool with that. Um, it's, it's just that James and Lena don't make sense. Mm-hmm. He hated her all of the seasons mm-hmm. except for now. He, you know is all of a sudden soft and like, hey, I'm be your moral compass. But like, she can't be the moral compass. Kara's her moral compass, mm-hmm. which is a different story in its it own. It literally is entirety. taking up super core scenes. That's my main complaint. It's like, why the fuck do I have to watch this dry paper? Yeah, they're trying to paper, give the stuff that Kara would, dry. well, to be fair, they are being smarter with trying to give the things that Kara would normally do for Lena to James because they figured it out after we kept shouting at them that all the things that Kara and Lena did to each other weren't, like, friendshipy. It was a lot relationshipy. Shippy, so now shippy. they're trying to get... They're, it was just shippy <laughs> as all day, the, the days long. So they're trying to do that with James and, like, have her be... Have him be her moral compass or, like, whatever. Hey, babe, I don't want you to go to the dark side for me. And all this other stuff. It's like, honey, she's already been to the dark side, if you know what I'm saying. So... He just like, doesn't know Lena at all. Just, like... He James doesn't. James is just, like, clueless. They have no connection. I don't, I just don't get it. They're, even their couch, being on the couch is awkward. Awkward as Why, well. why is it Kara and Lena could be on a couch and it seems comfortable and sexy. understanding and even and sexy and they're on the couch making out and we're just like. It feels robotic. Mm, yeah. I, I have my, can, I have my reason why this is, why it is the way it why, is. What's okay, the, mine's why, my why reason. Okay. My reason is that it's not Lena because you could put Lena with like. Literally, last season, Lena was poked by Alex, and we're like, oh my god, Agent Corp! You know, and then, like, Lena and Rain, and we're like, oh my god, Rain Corp! You know, and then Lena on the couch with just, like, a plant, and we're like, oh my god, Plant Corp! (laughs) Lena with her wine bottle, we're like, we ship it! (laughs) We ship wine and Lena! You know, like, all of that, right? But it was like, so, like, this woman, you know, she just, like, whatever is in front of her, is like we even shipped her with wind. Oh yeah, okay. Because they are both scientists, and it made sense. We, we ship her yeah. with like everything and anything, like literally. And but then if you get James and you look at his relationship history, which I think we should bring up, James and Lucy, James and Kara, James and Lena. James is the equation that it, it, the that flows through all of that. James has had zero chemistry with all three of his love interests on the show. And they keep giving him more love interest because James is like on the exterior a sexy man, but mm-hmm. on the interior he's just boring as fuck. Mm-hmm. And he has zero mm-hmm. like he has zero chemistry with women. 
And so I don't think it's Lena. I think she's like a hyper, hyper chemistry. She's the opposite end of the magnet. And James is the other opposite end. The one that's dry and hasty and boring. He's just like, you know. And so I just think that the actor doesn't connect well with women on screen. Am I crazy for saying that? But no, it's true. No, you're not. So, I get it. So, some people don't do intimacy well. Like, you know, love scenes, sex scenes, that kind of connection. That's hard. That's a skill. Some of people are naturals. Others, not so much. So I just feel like this actor is actually a really bad actor. And unfortunately, yeah. he just doesn't read well with women. And the thing is, I ship James with Wynn. So there's that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. My thing is, okay, so we were kind of talking about this and their, their storyline this episode uh-huh. of, you know, he's like, babe, don't go to the dark side for me. Uh, don't, you know, I'll figure out this whole guardian whatever thing debacle okay and we kind of talked about this off cast there's a few things we want to bring up about this whole storyline uh the first one uh jen kind of looked this up says lena's lying to james her lying to james creates much uh needed tension thank god in the relationship um according to uh dean of geek okay den- the den, den of, of geek, geek. Excuse me. yeah den of geek so they said quote lena's stance has always been that supergirl's dishonesty and uh pat What'd you say? Uh, paternalism. paternalism. Paternalism? Oh, Jesus, I can't read. Uh, made her untrustworthy and uh, condescending. But once James finds out about Lena's actions in spite of his wishes, as well as the lie she's told afterwards, he can make that exact same complaint about Lena, as Lena's made about Supergirl, which is so true. Um, there's a few things I didn't like about it. I Yeah, I didn't like the fact that she's lying to him and trying to go behind this grown-ass man's back to save him. It's the same idea when people go, I lied to you because I love you. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what happened. She's like, oh, I'm going to protect him because I love him, which we know she don't fucking love him, but that's besides the point. Um, to me, in this episode, it was a lot of white women not listening to people of color, which kind of was annoying to me. Uh, you know, Supergirl not listening to Jean even though he's been in the streets and knows the word. Uh, James going, hey, I want to handle this myself as a grown-ass man. And she goes behind his back to do what she thinks is best for him. Once again, not listening. You know, and that was annoying to me. Um, I don't know. Did you have any thoughts on kind of that whole Yeah, my counter to that is that we're in season four. We're not actually looking at a pilot. This is season four. And this show has never known what to do with Jimmy or James, you know, like it's it's been this character this character has been problematic for years. Just no storylines, just reactive to the elements around him. You know, like his storyline is that he is a black man. It feels, you know, a lot. He feels good about being the guardian and being able to unmask. But there was never a conflict in that storyline. So it isn't a storyline. It's just like. He felt like he should unmask, so he took it off. And that was the end of season three. And I feel like this character has always been a very reactive character. He doesn't he doesn't perpetuate his own crisis. He doesn't create conflict. He's just kind of a plot device. So in this episode, because he has no filler, no, no substance, no development, they decided that Lena needed a conflict. You know, she needed a reason to communicate with Lillian 
and they turned him into a plot device. They're like, oh, the DA is after him for being a superhero. They're going to indict him. That was the reason for Lena to lie to him. Now, we were told that there was going to be rough patches in the relationship this, this season. And I think it creates good conflict for Jimmy, finally. But again, Lena is the active character. He's almost kind of, in my opinion, taking the place of Morgan Edge of last year. You know, Morgan Edge was just a conflict for Lena to work around. I think that Jimmy's conflict was just another way to see Lena moving in and out of the gray. Not necessarily setting Jimmy up in any way, shape, or form with a storyline of his own. I still don't think they know what they're doing with him or that he has a storyline. So, there's that thought. It's true. All right, let's uh, hit up uh, Lena and her mama. Mm. Brenda Strong! Just to finish cause... up on Jimmy real quick, I do oh, think wait. it's going to be really, really good conflict now that he's lost his ability to be Guardian, but is still CEO of the CatCo. And now that Alex Danvers has less backup than ever before, when Supergirl gets into some serious problems that she will down the line, and you're setting out the cavalry... I don't think James is going to be able to not put himself on the line and be the guardian. I I would be I would find it fucking compelling to see James save Supergirl this season and then end up in jail. Just saying. I think that'd be compelling, or even like um, kind of sacrificing himself, or even if he officially becomes part of the DEO, as like even though he's still human, he'll be you you know useful for Alex. You know, the extra armor, the extra muscle, the extra person, the extra eyes to take care of Kara when she's Supergirl out there. I think that might be um, so you're saying, something that they could. You're saying he needs in. to transition. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anyways. Um, all right. So let's get to Brenda Strong. Yes. Brenda Strong. Jen loves a good mother figure. <laughs> I really do. I love it so much. I love it when it's captured in the right way. How about that? Um, Lena and Lillian. I was hoping to see Lillian season four because of the anti-alien sentiment. I had zero expectations of seeing her in episode one. And I was so happy that they made this choice. I was like, oh my God, they are listening. Duh. Duh. Lillian hates aliens. Duh. Um, so I'm, I, I was enthralled that they brought the metaphor of chess back. Who's playing who, mother or daughter? I think that's really interesting. I think mm-hmm. Lillian's playing the long game. I truly do. I have so many theories about this. I would love to see Lillian full-blown just be the big bad of a season again. Stop bringing in other people. We've been building her up as the high bitch for a while. Um, I don't believe for a second Lena wants a relationship with her mother. I think she's there playing chess with her mother just to get the information she needs so she can clear James. As soon as James was like, don't do anything for me, babe, Lena was like, I will do something for you. And (laughs) that's when the precedence was set. Uh, I think that, yeah, I think that Lena is very much playing her mom. Like you said, she's playing a long game. But I think Lena's playing a long game. I think her mom's playing a longer game. But it's kind of like know your battles, you know? Mm -hmm. I think that her mom, like this episode, she lost that one battle because Lena got her and mm-hmm. she was proud of it though. I think the the darker Lena goes, the more we're gonna see her mom because I think we're gonna start seeing her mom go, that's my daughter. Now that's 
the Luther I'm waiting for, you know, and it's going to be more apparent that Lena is more like her mom than she wants to be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think that's a strength, though. And, like, one of the things I really like is the wardrobe where Lena is at CatCo. She's wearing, like, neon yellow and no makeup, no red lipstick specifically. But when Lena's being nefarious, she's wearing dark (laughs) navy blue or black either at Alcorp, not CatCo, or at the jail. And she has Mm -hmm. that red lipstick on at the jail. Lena looked like she was already halfway to bad. She looked like the big bad. I was scared of Lena, and I'm normally not. It was the lighting. They've been really setting her up to have this epic, tragic hero fall. And oh yeah, I, I I I I'm here for it, but I'm also here for it if she continue. I would be I would be surprised by the end of season four if Lena is good. How about that? Because they've been setting it up, the dark clothes, high. She's been wearing high collar, dark ass clothes, and we know on this show any bitch with a high collar is a fucking villain. Done. True. That's a very true. Like go back in all the tapes. Anybody with a high collar, dark colors. We literally could go back in all the tapes. <laughs> also, I actually think, and this is kind of a prediction, but like I think that I would love to see this happen within Lena's storyline. I want her to go bad, but I also want. Uh, Lillian to go good in a way where almost Lillian sees that her daughter's gone too far Mm. to the right and I think that'd be really interesting because even if I mean I know she's in jail and there's no makeup in jail but you can almost see a softer look to Lillian versus Lena because you're seeing the power struggle when Lena was around her mom before she had more power she was still very in reds and more color but the darker Lena goes, the darker sh- her clothes get, and the lighter Lillian goes. Oh, Lillian goes. Oh, I did not think about that, but you just came up with. Yes, I think like I think that she really does want a, a relationship with her daughter, and she's okay for it being nefarious in a way. But I also think that kind of like um, what was uh, Monel's mom's name? Raya. Uh, Raya. I think that she saw. Oh, Raya is worse than evil. Like. I might be a bad person, Lena, uh, Lillian will always admit, but Rhea was worse. Mm. And so she wanted to get rid of the worst evil. And I think that if Lena crosses over so extreme, she'll actually ask for Supergirl's help to bring her daughter back to where she was. Because mm-hmm. she doesn't want her to be... I, I think that's where it's going to be. I think Le- Lillian's going to need Supergirl's help. Getting Lena and back. I think, I think that it's going to get Lena back because... The thing is, we have to remember, Lillian knows Supergirl is Kara. Mm-hmm. She knows that Kara is Supergirl. She knows that her daughter's in love with Kara and will do anything she wants. So I think, I think you Lillian... just added some subtext into main text. Look, I think that if, <laughs> if I think that if Lena goes full hog, you know, evil, that the only person that's gonna be able to bring her back is Kara. And I hey, that might be a series finale type thing. Where in order to bring Lena back, Kara has to tell her that she's Supergirl. You know, I have to tell you something. This show is in season four. Maybe it's canceled by season seven or season eight. Maybe it goes on for a while. Um, Because, you know, look at Supernatural. I have to say (laughs) that we're in 2018, but by the time the show's canceled, we could be in 220. And in 220, we might get our car Sami ending with Lena and Kara. So I'm going to, like, hold out hope. I know that's crazy to say, but, like, maybe not now, but, like, down the line. Yeah, why not? The show had the insight to reboot itself this season 
can you imagine if they continue on this path and embrace it you know you might see Lena and Kara going off into the sun uh, literally being lifted into the sun there is hey in the comic book uh, her uh, well Kara and Lois Lane are dating in a comic book so that's always interesting um, weird because you, you you never know um, something that um, Lillian said that once again about language and kind of the relations of what's going on in our world and in this TV show uh, she says, um, ah, she goes, remember when the other Kryptonians tried to invade Earth? This is something I was telling Jen. That's a very important distinction. She didn't say the Daxamites, because mind you, Rhea was walking around, beaming herself on skylights and buildings, calling them the Daxum invasion, the Daxum invasion, the Daxum invasion. But Brenda Strong or Lena, or I'm sorry, Lillian is like, the other Kryptonians. Mm. She doesn't care about the distinction that Kryptonians were not assholes or slave traders. They were trying to be good and that the Daxamites were a hot mess. It's very much like in our world. We have um, a lot of Muslim or Middle Eastern people who are very um, heightened and way too into their religion where they want to hurt people. But then there's people like the Sikh who may look visually like the same but are two separate things completely. Uh, and people have hurt a lot of Sikh um, churches and mosques uh, in the real world because they're like, oh, we don't have time for these, you know, Muslims or whatever. They, so, they, they put them all under the same umbrella term. Under the same umbrella. They did, exactly. They're doing exactly what uh, Lillian's doing. People Lillian's do that with... the other decks. I was going to say, people do that with Hispanics, Asians. They just like umbrella... Umbrella, umbrella right? as a yeah all Asians all Mexicans yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. no so many uh, Latin, Latin person they're like countries. you're Mexican no I'm actually Puerto Rican <laughs> you know right, like right, right. actually yeah, I'm a Honduran so yeah much. and so I think that that's a really interesting distinction in a TV show to make also of like oh it's the other Kryptonians because she doesn't care what kind of what alien yeah. is she just assumes all aliens all evil yeah as opposed to going those Daxamites were bad that section that, those species were not good but Kryptonians, there's only two of them. Can I can I Literally, can I just jump in here real quick? Because I you just yeah, said something that I'm like, oh my god. See, even Lillian, who's a reoccurring character, not a main, has a more interesting conflict than James. Her conflict is, do I embrace the alien race, or do I save my daughter? You know what I mean? Like she has this huge bias against aliens, but in mm-hmm. the end, her conflict shapes into a very clear one: continue the hate. Or find it within myself to work with aliens to save my daughter. I'm ready. I, I'm I'm forecasting here, but I definitely think that is more heavy and interesting and developed in little tiny passing scenes than in all yep. the scenes we've seen with James doing yeah. anything. So yep. there's another another example of why Lillian needs to be a main character. Just saying. That's true. <laughs> all right, let's talk about yeah. this conflict. Our, our our villains of the week, hopefully season. Yeah, they are I, like the once again villains. That's I'm here for a full it. season. Yeah, I'm here for a full season bad guy, not just an episode to episode. Twenty two. I don't mind a I don't mind a conflict of the week, but I want an episode of the season. Yeah. Just I mean like a a, a, a evil person of the season. Yeah. I like this this the Otis, the brothers team, Otis and the Graves, they're Graves siblings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I, I like it and I hate it because, like, obviously there are people in the world who are like that. But, like, man. Uh, oh, also, shout out to the girl who plays the um, 
kind of a support group leader. She's also in The Good Place, and I love her. <laughs> and, the, and the guy who plays Otis um, Graves is actually was on Graves Anatomy in season five six, or six. Yes. yes he, he, he worked with Kyler. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he sure did. Uh, reunion. <laughs> yeah. Wait, did they have any scenes together? I think, yeah. She kicked his, She pulled his his mask off or and he, after he had been shot by his sister, and he was- No, that was Supergirl. Oh, shit. Oh, I don't know if they do. No, she only fought the sister. She didn't fight him. I think they're going to have scenes together for sure. True, because he's still here. Yeah. That'll be fun. I, I, I actually <laughs> like, think that yeah. he's probably on the chopping block. He's less important. Mercy Graves is way more important in the super, in the super oh, yeah. girl slash man world. But mm-hmm. I think I, I, I was hoping they don't kill him off early. It feels like he would be like a episode seven kill off. But uh, the weakness in this pairing is that they're codependent on each other. It feels like Otis says, my sister wouldn't kill me. I think Mercy Graves jumps into super villain mode when she kills her brother. I think it was just like kind of one of those lines where you're setting yourself up for the fact that Mercy Graves down the line is probably going to kill her brother. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that, yeah. No, definitely setting it up that my sister wouldn't kill me. She's He's overconfident. We're like, you soon. <laughs> boo-boo, you about to die. <laughs> but like, okay, so these are two like really good... I mean, okay, if I could bring back one villain from any time in Supergirl and put them in the season, it'd be Morgan Edge, because I felt like that was not fully played through. I would have, I would love to see Morgan Edge continuing to press the, his thumb down on you know, the season. But I think that Mercy Graves and Otis are great villains that are sub-villains that you can deal with week to week. Yep. But then you have Agent Liberty, Liberty who's the big bad. Who's like mm-hmm. the oh, he's the bullshit of this world. He's the overarching, arching yeah. nemesis who you're gonna you're gonna meet in episode twenty two. But I think Mercy Graves has got the got the 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 spite and the interesting storyline to carry you through up into the the finale. I think she's really fascinating. Absolutely. Yes. All right. So let's get to the end of this. Um, you know what? What was your scale? One to ten. I give this, this a seven. You know what? I'm I'm here for it. I also give it a seven. Yeah. Uh, mind you, by the end of season three, I was like at a two or a three. So yeah, it was bad. It was real bad. So I'm here for it. Yeah, seven. There's there's, I hope that there's good stuff to to come. Yeah. Um, any kind of um, we were saying like the overall predictions. Uh, my favorite part feels like, well, the overall this uh feels like a good reboot it just feels good you know we have season one i wish we can skip season two <laughs> i'm sorry season three and just hit play on season four that would have been nice yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah but what are your predictions for the rest of the season well i'm excited to see where what happens when james is no longer guardian can he not be guardian and be a happy person is it going to fulfill him and what happens when he finds out about lena's lies clearly i would break up with anyone who lied to me on that scale and that would be the end of Lames, and I'm so here for that. Um, <laughs> I am here for that and more Supercorp being any day of the week. Um, I think the big reveal at the end of this episode, the president is an alien. The president dun, dun, is dun. an alien who has been creating pro-alien legislation, is going to fucking cause society to blow its shit. It's going to I mean, cause a constitutional gonna... crisis. You are going to have a civil war, alien, anti-alien, 
you know, North versus South, it's going to be epic. Look, I think I think uh, the president is either going to admit to being an alien, yeah, she has to. or they're going to, f- or well, or they're going to find a way to fabricate it and take it back. You know, no, and no, no, it's out there. She's an alien. It's out there. She's an alien. She's an alien. Well, I mean, yeah, it is out there, but you never know. They might try to change it. But I think she should just claim and be like, "So what? The world's been working pretty well. Hate it or not." Um, okay, well, you know, I'm here. Okay, this is the stuff I'm looking forward to. Um, I'm, I am looking forward to Naya, although I'm kind of in a weird place with that character. Um, she's our trans character, which, oh, okay. But it was so not an issue that I didn't get why they were promoting it as a thing. Um, it, it doesn't, like, she looks like any other... Um, cis white female on the show yeah. and therefore I'm not really understanding what the purpose is because if it's like if her storyline has to do with her being trans I, I guess but so far I don't get it so I like I like her as a character I love the fact that she's like the new Kara but I don't really get why the, the hype the hype of her being for, trans yeah yeah Let's now normalize if she was, like, transitioning trans, yeah. Yeah, if she was, like, transitioning, I can understand that because we can see that difference. Or maybe she looks different when she gets to being a, a hero. Mind you, she doesn't have to look different because there are some uh, trans women who are very much, quote-unquote, passing as cis white females. Totally a thing. Um, but I just didn't get the hype. I don't understand. Like, if she's just a new character, cool. Or if it's just a trans actress, great. Cool. More people act... Uh, more trans actors, more non-binary actors, great, awesome. But I don't get why we brought it up. Why at, it became like, like the big press release yeah. at Comic Con? Why she was the story? When we yeah, had, like I, I I agree with you. I want to be in a place where we normalize these things. Where like, yeah, there's, absolutely. There's a lot of narratives to be had in this world and in this lifetime. Everyone's different. Let's embrace that. I want to get yeah. there. I feel like this trans, you don't need to tell me she's trans. I, I would, I, it doesn't matter to me. I just want to know. Exactly. I want to see, I want to see this young woman become a superhero and I want to see Kara mentor her and it doesn't matter if it's a trans actress or not. I don't care. Absolutely. And, and exactly. if anything, it makes, it solidifies, it solidifies that alien, mm. anti-alien is a metaphor for other on the show. Kara is other. So, which is why you should make Supercore happen. Just saying. Also, right? Also, it's kind of like, if we have aliens and people are hating aliens, how do they feel about trans right. people in this planet? Like, That is what, not your biggest concern. Like, like what's happening? I, I don't get it. Anyway. Okay, real quick. Also, I, I, I just kind of want to go through these, if you will. Yeah, um, I pulled up a Screen Rant article, and I thought that there was some really interesting shit in it. Um, so, I wanted just to throw these theories out, because we're talking about go predictions. Ahead. Um, so it was mentioned, they made mention to Bruno Mannheim as, and Bruno Mannheim in the comic books is in league with Lex Luthor and he is the head of an intergang, this gang called intergang, which is the biggest gang in all of Metropolis slash their world. And so basically when Lena gives the information to the DA, to the, uh, about, to the DA about James and she gets James off the hook. She gives up Bruno Mannheim. And Bruno Mannheim is this huge kingpin. He's like Al Capone. 
So basically, she has put herself in the middle of a huge gang war. She's put a target on her back. I would love to see if this series is going to go there with Intergang. That's my prediction. Okay? And that was something I pulled off Screen Rant, but also something I've been reading about. Even there was an article about Intergang that came out just an hour ago talking about this very same concept. So they are starting to move this idea that Lena stirred the pot by getting herself yeah. involved in a gang war. So if there's a gang she has to fight, I'm not sure she's going to go super full evil because she has to fight a gang. She's going to need Supergirl for that. Um, That's pretty awesome. I'm just saying, Intergang is a comic book storyline that we need to be paying attention to. And Bruno Man- Mannheim is going to mm-hmm. be a reoccurring villain that I think they will make into a full villain in season five. That's my prediction. Oh my god, huge prediction. Okay, the, my other idea, my other prediction is, um, oh, here's a question I will have for you, Adair. Um, what will happen to the Alien Amnesty Act now that the world knows the president is an alien? Will it be revoked? I think it depends on what angle they're going to try to talk about. I mean, there are so many laws that are good that are being revoked because people simply have an attitude about it and want to show their power, pretty much do a, you know, pissing contest type thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know if there's somebody who wants to, maybe they might do an election thing Mm -hmm. where it's like we have to try to get, you know, president carter out of whatever and to change the yeah yeah, at at office to change the rules um people are probably gonna have protests or i'm sure we're gonna see that because that's gonna mirror our real life things like that um i think people are they're gonna be advocates and they're gonna make a i don't think they're gonna make a a they're gonna make a big deal just not as big as it could go like how reality is actually going i think they're gonna have a muted version of that but yeah i think um that it's going to be up were being abolished mm-hmm. if if they don't cover up the fact that she's an alien i think they're gonna then try to abolish it if she does stick with the storyline of yep i'm alien so what then i think there's going to be a lot more drama it depends on what the cw wants to do and how far they want to go in that in that storyline I, I i agree with you i think that they are going to go with her being an alien she's been outed she's an alien but i do think that there's going to be a political figurehead who knows who would... I, I would love to see it be Lillian Luthier. Like, get out of jail and run against the president. But um, I, I definitely think that this Alien Amnesty Act will be revoked. And we'll see a lot harsher treatment of alien aliens this season. Do you have... A, okay, since it's episode one, we have a whole 22 episodes. My last question for you. This is not something I've written down. This is off the top of my head. My question for you, Adair... Gilliam, do you have? Do you think someone will die this season, and who? Jin, hmm. Montoya. Mm-hmm. I do not know. Uh, do I think do anybody's going to die this do season? Do you have a prediction? A death prediction? Hmm. Actually, no. I think. Well, I mean, someone's already died, but like, no, I don't think. I mean, besides multiple aliens because of being kidnapped and stuff. Nameless aliens, yes. I think, yeah, I think nameless aliens would be killed, but as far as, like, main cast, no. No, you don't think we're going to get, like, a death off the main cast? No. I mean, look, out of all the people, probably James, but, like... No. 
I don't think James dies. I think he's. I don't think they're gonna kill the one black guy in the show. That's. I mean. I mean. Yes, we have Martian Manhunter, but technically he's a Martian. But like, I don't (laughs) think they're gonna kill. um, I think James because if James leaves the show, it's gonna be because Superman and him go back to Metropolis. Very gay. Yeah. Just saying. Or something like that. Something like that. Yes. All right. Do you think you're gonna see Superman this season? Uh, I do. Maybe. Yes, because. Tyler Coachlin, who plays Superman, has been very successful. He's gotten great reviews as Superman. He's like mm-hmm. a non-invasive Superman. He likes to let Supergirl be herself, and he's also great. I really liked him. We're going to see Lois Lane this season, for sure. That was one of the uh, spoilers slash pressers slash they were casting for a Lois Lane, and apparently she's been cast. So I imagine she comes to National City with with Superman, so... It's going to be interesting. Oh, God. Let's see how that's going to work out. Yeah, I can't wait. I love Lois. <laughs> this is going to be cool. Yeah, it's going to be great. All right, guys. Um, well, mm-hmm. as we do, um, if you want to hit us up, check us out on Twitter at whatabout underscore dat. You know, and, you know, we're going to try to get this up on YouTube and have a good time there. Um, yeah, so make sure you guys hit us up. Uh, follow us on iTunes, uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean, all the places. We're, like, oh. everywhere these days. We are all the places. Um, and for those of you guys waiting for our Winona, our final review, it is coming. We had some tech issues that made it impossible for me to get it together. But now we'll be together. You guys are going to have so much to listen to. You're going to have a Winona so review. Li- You're going to have Supergirl. You're going to have Charmed. And then we're going to throw in some more stuff because we're crazy. Yeah. Um, and check it out on our YouTube. Uh, I'll be doing Legends of Tomorrow reaction videos. So, ah. uh, I know. So much I just on. reacted to that. Wow. Wow, I, I felt that enthusiasm. I did. I Anyways, guys, it. make sure you stay around for our charmed review. <gasps> Have a good one. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And if you want to take us on the go, we are now available on Podbeam, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. And if you want to slide on over to Twitter, Make sure you find us at whatabout underscore dat. Hope to see you soon.